0: Ready to break free from algorithms, vanity PR, and money sucking ads? My name's Larissa Worstiak, and I've learned in seven years of jewelry marketing that content is the crown jewel. My agency, Joy Joya, takes a holistic approach, leading with laser focused storytelling, impactful content creation, and strategic content distribution. This method has worked for the solopreneur as well as the multi million dollar company, and now I'm sharing the same systems and tactics. With you. Here's to standing out in the sea of sparkle. In episode 259, we're diving into the strategies for marketing custom jewelry. Whether you handcraft unique pieces or deal in mass produced items, the term custom can range from entirely bespoke creations to personalized versions of pre existing designs. Given today's consumer's desire for unique experiences and personalized possessions, when you provide a tailored jewelry experience, that can significantly boost your brand's potential. And of course, as the holidays approach, emphasizing custom jewelry offerings becomes more important than ever in a season that celebrates individuality, love, heartfelt giving, personalized pieces really hold a unique allure custom jewelry not only offers that one-of-a-kind gift but it also carries an intimate sentiment showcasing the thought and effort invested into selecting the perfect piece so this holiday season coming it also provides jewelry brands like yours a prime opportunity to educate customers about the intricacies of your custom process the importance also of them adhering to your custom deadlines to ensure they get their holiday gifts on time. And you know, this market, there's tons of generic gifts. Just go on a website that begins with A and ends with N. When you have a tailored creation that stands out, then you can really resonate deeply with both the giver's intentions and the gift recipient's appreciation. And in this age when consumers are actively seeking more meaningful and personalized shopping experiences, when you offer custom options, you significantly enhance brand engagement and loyalty during this pivotal holiday season. So we'll be looking at this topic through the lens of Hillary Fink Jewelry, who we've been spotlighting as a jewelry brand case study. And for those joining our podcast series for the first time this season, I'd suggest starting with episode 252. Doing so will introduce you to Hillary and allow you to follow this narrative from the beginning. But before jumping into that chat with Hillary, I'll talk about the nuances of defining custom jewelry, the rising consumer trend toward personalized experiences. Effective marketing strategies for your unique jewelry offerings and how custom jewelry can potentially elevate your brand's potential in the marketplace. But before we get to the solid gold, I'd like to take a moment to remind you that this podcast has both audio and video, so you can either listen on your favorite podcast platform or watch on YouTube by searching Joy Joya. You can always support the podcast for free by taking the time not only to subscribe, but also to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Okay, my sparklers, let's get into today's episode. As I just mentioned, this one's all about custom jewelry offerings and how to market them effectively. So first, before we even jump into all of that, I want to define custom jewelry because there really is a spectrum from those entirely bespoke pieces to even just personalize tweaks on existing designs or giving customers the chance to choose personalized elements. So of course there's entirely bespoke pieces. So this is when the jewelry is created entirely from scratch based on the customer's specific desires and ideas. And that would be say a customer approaches your brand with a vision to create like a -a one-of-a-kind engagement ring. So there are sketches involved. There are specs regarding the type of metal, the cut of the gemstone, the type of the gemstone, additional design elements, engravings, sizing, et cetera. So it's a completely original piece. And I think when I use the word custom, that's what most people are familiar with. But there's also like semi-bespoke or made-to-order pieces. So in this scenario, a customer would select a basic design from your collection, and then maybe they're customizing certain elements like the type of metal, the gemstone, maybe they're adding details, they're adding an engraving, or what what have you. There are so many different ways to like semi-customize a piece to suit their preferences. So that could be like someone chooses a necklace design from your brand, but they want it with rose gold instead of yellow gold, and they want an emerald instead of like a diamond, and they get a personalized engraving. Again, that makes the piece feel very special and unique to them, but it also cuts down on some of the Honestly, the labor and the difficulty a customer may have creating a piece from scratch, that can be really hard for some customers. They don't even know what's possible, so they'd prefer to kind of just tweak an existing design. And that brings us to the next type of customization, where it's like very small modifications to existing products that you offer. So maybe it's just that it's personalized Or maybe there's like a special size that's outside of your normal in-stock products. Or maybe they get to choose the type of chain they want and they get like three options for chains. So that is when a very small modification or customization is made. And it's usually from options that are pre-presented to the customer rather than the customer reaching out to you with a request to kind of change that product to their preferences. So in terms of how different jewelry brands use customization to their benefit, I think there's a lot of different models and approaches and reasons for it. So it could be for brand engagement. It can be for direct profit potential. It can even be your core business. So for example, in jewelry, there's a brand called Maya Brenner, where customization is basically the core business. I think a lot of the jewelry is targeted toward moms or women with just a part of family. So like aunts, grandmas, whatever. They want jewelry that represents their loved ones and they can get initials and other types of meaningful jewelry. So that's an example where it's like the core business. And then even looking outside the jewelry industry, there are so many examples, like in luxury handbags, footwear especially, there's so much customization going on. So one brand I found that I really like their custom offerings and how they present them is Longchamp, which is a handbag brand. And they have a whole section of their e-commerce website called My Pliage that allows customers to self design tote bags and it's within a limited scope so they present different size options, different color options, hardware colors, etc. people can add like their initials or a word to the bag but it's a really cool way to not only increase direct profit potential but allow people to engage with the brand and have a true experience With the brand as well if you're a jewelry brand that's interested in offering customization it doesn't have to be complex necessarily you can offer limited options to maintain simplicity on your end and also keep prevent your customers from having decision fatigue so like in footwear especially there are so many examples of this brands might restrict choices to like 7 to 10 design features that are desirable to customers, but also easy for the footwear brand to implement. So let's talk a little bit about consumer trends in customization. So why are today's customers gravitating so much toward unique, tailored experiences? And not only that, but how can you as a brand, and by offering tailored jewelry experiences, how can you differentiate yourself from competitors and drive business growth in the marketplace today. So there's definitely research around this. I found some awesome research from Bain & Co. And first of all, customers who do this process, who customize what they buy, they are just more engaged with brands in general. And this engagement can lead to increased brand loyalty. And the best part, repeat purchases. So they can really feel more connected to the brand and come back again and again and even refer the experience and the brand to their friends. The other great part about this is customers are willing to pay 20% more for customized products than their standard equivalents. So if you offer custom or semi-custom products, you can tap into a premium market segment and charge more because It's giving someone something more one of a kind, more bespoke, more of an experience beyond just the product, and it positions it as a luxury or premium choice of all the offerings that the brand has. If you especially cater to a millennial target customer, you should know that they definitely want more individualized products. They don't want that one size fits all cookie cutter thing. So if you cater to these preferences, you can capture a significant market segment that is known for its purchasing power and it helps you remain relevant for millennials and even upcoming Gen Z. The other thing is, and I think this kind of addresses a problem that I see a lot with jewelry brands that have a lot of made to order products in general, customers who are used to ordering custom products they have more patience in general with waiting longer for product delivery if you're someone for example who orders on amazon all the time like that's where you get all your home goods your food your snacks your clothes you're going to expect like 1 to 2 day shipping for pretty much everything even if you're not ordering on amazon but if you're the type of customer who prefers a more bespoke custom personalized experience then you kind of offer more leeway and can you have the patience to wait for something longer so if this is a concern of yours as a jewelry brand then attracting attracting the customers who aren't afraid <laughs> they don't they don't mind waiting for something that can definitely be a potential for you and solve that problem of those customers who demand things like right away basically. And the other great thing is customers really love to share their custom designs and sharing access free advertising for you, it can promote organic brand growth. So if you want your customers to share their user generated content, to show off their products, to share their enthusiasm with their own networks, custom design could potentially be a good way to encourage that. All right, so let's talk about what you really want to know, the marketing strategies. So what are the effective techniques to promote custom jewelry? How can you target the right audience and highlight the uniqueness of each piece? Let's go through the different categories of the custom and how you can best market it. So if you're a brand that sells currently or wants to sell entirely bespoke pieces, content marketing is an awesome opportunity for you. Sharing the journey of a bespoke piece from start to finish, you can do that through blog posts, through video content, and that way potential clients can really visualize the process And really value the craftsmanship, and that's so important. Social proof is going to be vital for you. So featuring testimonials from your satisfied customers, highlighting their stories, really emphasizing the emotional connection they have with their jewelry. I also love interactive tools. If you are able to invest in them and kind of set them up on your digital storefront, if you have some kind of tool where users can virtually design their piece, playing with different materials and designs, even if you can't do that, making the consultation process very seamless and non-intimidating by using like a calendar scheduling tool, by setting the expectations very clearly up front, that's going to be so important for you. Also, posting before and after images, showing the sketch or the concept and the final piece, all of these things are going to help you build trust. So if you sell semi-bespoke or made-to-order pieces, then there are a lot of ways that you can market them. So on your product pages, make sure that you're clearly displaying the customization options. You can use drop-down menus, interactive visuals. Anything you can do to help the customer envision that final product is going to be so important. It just makes me think of, I like to watch a lot of like home shows, especially like house hunters. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, where like the the person or people buying the house go in and maybe the house doesn't necessarily look exactly like what they hope for. But they have a lot of trouble visualizing what can be done. Like they can't even see, oh, I can paint this wall. Instead, they just say, oh, I don't like the wall color. I don't want to move into this house kind of thing. It's the same with your jewelry. I think it's hard for most people when they're presented with a visual of something to see that there is something beyond that or To get them to try to imagine a different color or a different detail is very difficult. So the most you can do to help someone see what their final product will look like will serve you very well in your marketing. So you can also use social media to promote limited time customization options. So this goes back to like the drops episode that I talked about last week. Maybe the same way that you do a drop with customization, you only have a certain custom offering for a certain period of time, and that can create a sense of urgency. Another thing you can do on social media is utilize polls. So asking your audience about their preferred customizations or new options they'd like to see. And make that part of the conversation, as well as your evolution as a brand. And if you're a business that offers like existing designs but gives customers the chance to just make some personalized tweaks, this is an opportunity for you to play on upsells. So maybe a customer selects a pre-designed piece from your online store, and then as they move through the checkout process, you can suggest some popular personal tweaks. Like for example, add an engraving or like add a second charm or add this option, whatever it makes sense to you. That's a way to increase your average order value and just to get customers to engage with you more and purchase more. User generated content is important for this and any type of customization offering you have. Really encourage your customers to share photos of their personalized pieces on social media. During the holidays, Coming up, (laughs) that was my version of trying to get your attention. This is an awesome time to promote engraving services or other personal tweaks. People love to make their gifts feel more personal and make sure that you have an FAQ section or a tutorial or educational section on your website so that you can detail common tweaks, the process behind them, perhaps offer short videos on how your customers can take their piece from standard to extra. And I mean extra in the best way possible. In our upcoming interview with Hillary, we'll be diving into the art and business of custom jewelry. So, you'll be discovering how bespoke pieces shape her brand's personal connection with clients, the unique stories behind each creation, and the evolving trends in custom designs. You'll be learning about her marketing strategies, the unexpected dynamics of holiday sales, and the sentimental value of how custom. Can work with family heirlooms. So stay tuned for a deep dive into the world of personalized jewelry craftsmanship. Hi, Hillary. I'm very excited to talk to you about your custom jewelry services today. Hi, Larissa. Great to see you. Good to see you also. So let's talk about custom. First, That's I want to know yeah, in your overall like business model, where does custom fall in and how much does it contribute? Typically to your overall
1: revenue. Historically, it's been about a quarter of my annual revenue, so it's a really important part of my business, and it's something that uh, I love to do. And I just think it's it's an important thing, especially with jewelry, because jewelry can be so meaningful. So it's a great way for my clients to get the pieces that you know are really special to them, and um it's a great way for me to connect to my clients.
0: That kind of makes me wonder. So with your customers, do they typically find you through like your ready-made designs or do they first approach you for custom? Like how does that circle work? I guess
1: kind of a bit of both. I have some people that reach out to me via email and probably through my contact page, I'm guessing on my website And they are just reaching out about custom. And I've never, you know, had a sale with them. But then there's also a lot of my like repeat collectors who they do both. They buy the pieces that I've already made. And then they also send me either, you know, some of their stones or they want to see some of my stones and we make a piece together that way. So it's, it's really all over the place. Mm -hmm.
0: So when it comes to custom do you find there are like common client requests are they all unique like what are some things people are asking you for
1: it's always not almost always the um captured pieces so it's it's usually um something with a stone like it's usually something with a stone that they already have that's meaningful or like i have really good luck with like tourmaline. So I always try to buy a nice little stash of some really pretty tourmaline. And I'll know that if I post something on Instagram, like an example of a tourmaline ring I've made in the past, I will probably get a couple custom pieces. If I say, hey, I have some tourmalines, is anyone interesting? I'll get a couple uh, custom pieces off of that. But um, and then lately, I've been getting um, custom requests for my rivet and ring bangles, which I which I love because it's one of my very first designs, and I wear mine every day. And people have been asking to customize the links, so having like one link gold and the rest silver, or two gold, two silver, what have you. Um, there's a client that I'm working with right now where she has some family diamonds from a ring that she wants taken apart, and I think we're going to do a new because she already has two custom rivet and ring bangles for me. Now she wants a third and we're going to set diamonds randomly around the links. So uh-huh. it's been really fun to customize those pieces.
0: It's very cool to me how, I mean, that design is pretty minimalist and simple. And I like that even your clients are able to like give you new ideas for how to make it feel like their own piece.
1: Yeah, I can't wait to see what it's going to look like with the diamonds. I hope I hope it works out. I'm sure it will.
0: (laughs) So in the past, you kind of touched upon like how people find you, but do you find that there are certain marketing channels that have been better for you in terms of getting those custom clients?
1: I'm guessing it's through Instagram mostly. And in the past, I'll send out some newsletters to my um, you know my subscribers. And it's hard for me to know. I mean, I guess if it's someone who you know, clearly isn't on my list. Sometimes I also don't know if it's someone on my list because there are some people that are on my list where it's just their first name and email. I guess I haven't cross-checked it, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think most of it comes through Instagram, I'm guessing.
0: And then so for these clients who are coming to you, what's the typical budget that they have for custom? And then let me ask you also, do you have a minimum spend that you require for someone to work with you on a custom project?
1: I don't really have a minimum spend, but there's really no way they can get out (laughs) of doing a custom piece with me that's, I mean, usually less than 500, maybe 450. Mm -hmm. And those are usually silver pieces. And I'll do... I will do silver custom pieces because I want people to, not everyone has a huge budget, right? And people should be able to have nice jewelry regardless of whether they can afford thousands of dollars. So I will, I don't really have a minimum and my custom pieces range anywhere from, you know, four fifty or 500 all the way up to, you know, 5,000 or more for obviously for like wedding rings and stuff like that. But I just, I just, I like the idea of, making sure that everyone can have a piece that's meaningful to them if, if they want to. So yeah, but it's rare that they can get out of custom for less. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Just the metal alone. I mean, you can only do so
1: much. (laughs) And the time it's, especially if it's silver, it's really just the time, the communicating, Mm -hmm. communicating really takes a lot of time. And I've tossed around the idea of doing like a consultation fee just up front. And I just, I, have never done it. I've, I've said that I was going to, and it just seems like in the end, all of my multipliers just end up being enough for me in in the end. I feel like I don't want to do a consultation fee necessarily. And some clients are really fast and easy and some clients definitely take a lot more communication. So it really, Mm. it's, I think it just kind of averages out. Yeah, that
0: I was just going to say it all balances out in the end.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: I think so. So I'm curious with the holiday season coming up quickly in the past with custom, have you done any sort of special marketing for that in anticipation of like gifting or just like highlighting that more as the season approaches?
1: Not so much because I've no noticed that custom just really isn't something that pops up in the holidays so much. Custom is really just a year round thing for me. And I may have mentioned some deadlines. I think usually in the past, I've mentioned deadlines for made to order pieces and maybe have kind of thrown in custom as well. But it's really not, not been something that I've pushed in the past. I probably should have been. Yeah.
0: (laughs) If you do mention deadlines or if you have before, do you find that that moves the needle at all, or it just hasn't been like frequent enough to notice?
1: It doesn't seem to move the needle. It's funny. My clients are, it's almost like I've trained them to purchase when I put out new collections. Mm -hmm. And so, um, deadlines just haven't really meant a whole lot them because I think they know I'm probably going to put out like another collection and then another collection (laughs) before Christmas. So it's, it's interesting. I I still do it because I know that it's, it's a nice, it's also a nice touch point. It's a nice reminder that the holidays are coming, that Hillary Pink Jewelry is here to be gifted, but um, I've never really noticed it move the needle in the past.
0: So you did mention in this conversation um, a few examples of clients who have come back to you for more projects. Do you find that that's more of the norm that the custom clients come back again and again, or do you have more like one-off custom clients?
1: It's it's, it's probably about half and half. I was looking through some of my custom images in my um, pictures folder the other day, and was like, oh, right, I did make that one. And I've not heard from that person, again about anything else you know and then there's clearly some where they're my definitely my collectors and own you know 10 or more pieces but um it's it's interesting there's just some people they just have like a stone that they've they fell in love with one time when they went to tucson and then they get in touch with me and we make a piece and then that's that's kind of it now,
0: as someone who makes custom jewelry, I know there there must be people listening to this podcast that have custom jewelry as a service. Do you have any <laughs> advice from your own experience doing this for people listening or watching or anything that you think you could share that might benefit others?
1: Well, if you really like to do custom, you should you should express that in Instagram and in newsletters. Show off as many pictures as you can. I know a lot of designers who really don't like doing custom, and so that's something that you have to figure out. If you find that you don't like doing custom, don't push it. I, you know, don't don't mention it unless it's a really critical revenue stream for your business. It's not for everyone. Um, another thing that I find helps is to show off the stones, like the, just the loose stones that you have um, from time to time, to remind people that hey, you know, let's set up a custom consultation. Look at all these great stones I have. Or I like to work, I don't mind working with client stones. I know there's a lot of designers out there who don't work with client stones just because of liability, but I always explain the liability to them up front. But um, I always like to show off the pieces that I've made with client stones because I think with my captured setting, it really lends itself to really unique stones. And there's something about that captured setting where people who love that setting, they're usually gem collectors and rock hounds. Mm -hmm. So they already have a pretty awesome collection of gemstones. And to me, it's like, wow, I get to make this piece with this gorgeous stone from from my clients collection and i think there's some of my best pieces are pieces from my clients collections.
0: Yeah, that feels like it would be such a privilege to
1: to do that. It definitely is and it's i always find it interesting to, to <laughs> see what people are attracted to. But um, yeah, i say just, you know, push it on Instagram, take pretty pictures and put it up on Instagram. People will people will understand so more for my own
0: curiosity, I kind of just want to know if there are any re- really special stories behind any of the custom pieces or anything that's like really stuck with you.
1: Definitely. I, I find that the the most meaningful pieces are the jewelry or the, the stones that come from jewelry that is like a family heirloom. So I have people send me, you know, rings that have the stones set in them and I have to cut out the stones and things like that. And I have had... um. A couple, there's two different stories. So a really good friend of mine, her mother passed away suddenly and her wedding ring had this very beautiful diamond in it. So she gave me the the ring and I'm sitting there cutting out this diamond from this ring and it's just got, you know, in, in the setting, it just has like the life of this woman. You know, she touched, she wore this ring on her hand every day. And so just little bits of her life were coming out in like, you know, the setting. And I got really emotional when I was doing that. Um, and then I just made it into it like some earrings or a pendant for her. And it was really lovely. And then um, with some other people, they'll give me like their mom and dad's wedding rings. So I have another set of friends, their sisters. And when their father passed away, their mom gave them her engagement ring, her wedding band, and their dad's wedding band, and then some other family diamonds. And so what I did was I used all the metal from their parents' wedding bands, melted it down, divided it in half, then melted it again in two little like melted (laughs) buttons that kind of look like little like asteroids or meteors. And then we took the diamonds from the family jewelry and then flush set them into those little buttons and then made each of them a ring. And so like in this ring, they have their parents' wedding rings and then family diamonds. And so it's like those pieces that are just so, um, they're just so meaningful to make. And it's such an honor to be trusted with those pieces. Anytime I get stones, like family, family jewels, it's such an honor to make those pieces.
0: I can imagine how emotional that would be, even if it's not your own family. I mean, you can understand the connection.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, most definitely.
0: Well, thank you, Hillary, for sharing your thoughts about custom and how it fits into your business. I really appreciate chatting today. You're so welcome, Larissa. Thank you. What did you think about the interview? Are you excited to follow Hillary on this journey? I highly encourage you to check out Hillary's website, HillaryFink.com, and follow her on Instagram at HillaryFinkJewelry. Link in the show notes as well. Let me know in a podcast review or YouTube comment what you think. All right, let's get into the goldmine. The goldmine, if you're not familiar, this is a segment of the podcast where I get personal and share insights on entrepreneurship, mindset, success, growth, all things business. It helps me speak from my heart a little more. (laughs) So this week's goldmine, I want to talk about Celebrating your custom customers and clients, even if it's just that they choose an option with a different gem or metal color, something small, in your mind it may be totally insignificant. But you should know that when a customer empowers themselves by choosing a piece of jewelry that's special for them, it really can feel like an event for them just imagine how great it would feel if you put on an outfit for a day and you're wearing a few items by like your favorite fashion designer. Imagine whoever that is. And you're going out on the town, you're walking down the street, and that fashion designer (laughs) suddenly is there and stops you and is like, oh my god, How amazing do you look? And I love how you're styling my pieces and how you're wearing them. And then imagine this person asking you to take a photo with you to post on their Instagram because they're so excited. You would likely be over the moon happy and feel just so cool and stylish. As a jewelry designer, you can really do the same thing for your custom clients. Yes, it's true because they probably, if they like your brand, They probably see you the same thing as that like fashion designer and how cool would it be if that person complimented you. So whether your customer is ordering something completely custom or even something that's just a little bit personalized, you want to take the extra time to reach out to those clients, tell them they have amazing taste and congratulate them on their decisions and compliment them. Hopefully, you're genuine about it. I would say even if you don't personally like what they've chosen, you can always find something positive about it. And heck, at the end of the day, they're supporting you and your creations and your business. So, of course, they have great taste. This follow-up can come in a semi-personalized automated email or even a personal handwritten note or email And you never know when that customer will come back to order more items, even more expensive items, or refer you to their friends and family members. When I used to work at Macy's back in the day, one thing I remember learning from my training was to always congratulate someone on their purchase. So if they were buying shoes in a color that you really loved, you could say, wow, what a great color choice, so unique, I would want to buy that for myself. And then even when I shopped at Macy's and wasn't working and I knew the sales associates were trained to say these things to me, the customer, I still really liked having that interaction and engagement. It didn't really like pull back the curtain for me. I liked, you know, someone taking the time to say something personal to me even though I knew they kind of had to say that. And I've had interactions with custom jewelry projects that I commissioned where I never heard from the jewelry brand or designer again. And this is probably just me in my head and not even close to true. But that makes me feel, when there's no follow-up, like the person or business like kind of didn't like working on my project, or maybe it felt like a waste of time and effort. As I mentioned earlier in this episode, custom jewelry customers are willing to spend more. They typically come back. They will refer you to their friends and family and have higher customer loyalty because in a way when someone gets custom jewelry for you, they've kind of gotten vulnerable in a way. They're exposing a piece of themselves and their preferences. And now there's a level of trust between you and them. And I truly believe that if you don't honor that trust and privilege of creating jewelry for them, it's a little bit of a slight to that person. So why not celebrate it? Keep in more regular touch with those customers. Make them feel like they're superstar jewelry shoppers in their own right because they are, and you want to have them as customers. What do you think? Let me know in an Instagram DM, podcast review, or YouTube comment. Did you have any questions about today's episode? You can always email me, Larissa, that's L-A-R-Y-S-S-A at joyjoya.com. If you love this podcast, please share it with a friend who'd appreciate it. And don't forget to subscribe as well as leave a review on Apple Podcasts. If you're completely new to digital marketing, then you'll wanna purchase and read a copy of my book, Jewelry Marketing Joy. Visit joyjoya.com slash book for more information.